Good morning. Welcome to episode three of the Sativa segment. This is your host, Richard Chang. And um, as usual, I start off by telling you a little bit about the podcast. Um, This podcast was started not too long ago, and it's a podcast really dedicated to bring uh, awareness within the cannabis industry, everything from uh, policies to legal to investments to operations, and so it's uh, it's designed to cover a myriad of different topics within the cannabis industry. Um, myself, I am uh, a healthcare and regulat- healthcare and cannabis regulatory and corporate attorney. I, again, I, I started this not too long ago, and my goal was to have um, a variety of different types of guests on here. Um, this. This particular episode is fueled by two different parties. One is Dads at Peace. Um, it's a men's resource center here in Dallas. But more importantly, it's also fueled by Moon Taxi. I have one of their products right here and a variety of different goodies and different products, which we'll get into a little bit more um, here within the episode. So we have a very interesting guest today. Unlike my other two, my other guests in my previous two uh, episodes, this particular episode is not focused on healthcare or wellness products. Well, I guess you can t- you can call it a wellness product in some ways, depending on how you look at it. Um, with us today is uh, Shelby Bishop. She is one of the owners of Moon Taxi, which she's was, she was kind enough to bring me some some gifts, and along with this shirt that I'm wearing, so I'm wearing my Moon Taxi shirt. Shelby, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm it's so good. Pumped. I'm so glad that you made the op- you made the time to uh, to come on to episode three. Um, let's really talk about you first to start off. Where are you from? I- I've known you for a little bit. Yes, we've but always- I-, I don't I don't really even know where you're from. I you know. It was very interesting how we met. It was through a common uh, contact of ours, yeah. and it was out in a social setting. It's not so. It's not right. like we met in a in a corporate setting or in a business setting. Right. Um, we've had a chance to speak on a panel together not too long ago at Dallas Startup Week. Mm-hmm. But tell me about you. Yeah. So it's funny. You're so right. We always meet in very social settings. Aka, right. we have had partaked in a little both of the green and the other, the drinking. <laughs> and so funny yeah. enough, you, that was actually the first night we met was our grand opening of our Deep Ellum store. That was a party. <laughs> it you was know, a super I party. actually did go to that store. Yeah. It, it was, it was a really nice store. I did pop in, um, with, uh, with a few friends. Yes. And I like that store, but I gotta tell you, I, I, I like your other store better and I t- for for a number of reasons. And there's a personal connection with your other store, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. Okay, we so. must. It, I think it's the hallway, the Rainbow Hallway. Gets it's everyone. the it's <laughs> the. But even more importantly, it was a location where I used to frequent when it used to be another establishment. Lizard. Wasn't it Lizard? No, it was the Goat Lounge. That's right. It was the Goat, goat Lounge. lounge. Yeah. Okay, that's funny enough. But, uh, yes. Um, and it, it's funny, Dallas, you know, if, if you've been here long enough, you've just seen the, you know, it almost sort of recycle, you know? It does. It and does. I'm actually originally from Houston, just grew up around Dallas through college and stuff. I ended up graduating from UT Tyler with a uh, biology and kinesiology degree, which was super fun. And then my brother-in-law, good friend, he grew up around Dallas. So Dallas was always very, you know, somewhat special to us and my brother-in-law just to go into a little deeper he is my partner we are partners together in moon taxi he's the marijuana expert he is the uh 
genius behind the growing. He knows how to do everything organic. Um, that's what his specialty is, so organic and okay. saltless. But um, just to sort of rewind, yeah, from Houston, loved Texas, went to school, played sports all the way up into college, you know, got played a little bit of softball till I tore my elbow, ended up running track at UT Tyler, and then graduating there, which through a series of events, you know, I love Texas, but definitely wanted to travel around the U.S. a bit. So meeting my fiance from South Africa, we traveled a little bit there, found up or found ourselves moving to Colorado three okay. years. And this is sort of the beginning if you will say, of my cannabis experience. Okay, so let's, let's yeah. so now I want to make sure I get the timeline right. You, you, yeah. you grew up in Houston, obviously uh, Houstonian, and, but had some loyalties to Dallas, which of course there's some, um, you know, um, cr- crosstown rivals across the state. Um, so you went to UT Tyler, obviously very, uh, w- was very athletic, got involved with yeah. sports, but then you moved to Colorado, just. Um, yeah, so I was actually pre-med. Okay. I, I literally had my heart set of just being a doctor and how, how could I help? And I, at that time, I didn't know what specialized or what mm-hmm. specialty I was going to go into. Okay. So I found myself a little lost, you know, just like any normal college student after completing. I took a victory lap. It took me five years. I knew I did not want to after I had a, a brief um, internship with a pharmaceutical company. And at that point... Mm. I was like, I, I was more on the holistic health path. You know, I started personal training, pursued nutrition, sort of wanting to become a holistic health coach, if you will. Mm-hmm. And through those experiences and just learning to train with people under PAs, under holistic ODs, DOs, DOs, ODs. I'm so dyslexic. DOs. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. DOs. And after having that experience, I knew that was the path I wanted to go in. And now with holistic, that's a whole nother umbrella of not only, you know, medical, I guess you would say, experience, that was just another, I think, experience for me that opened my eyes to another life, almost choice, if you're right. So I went down the holistic path, just trying to, you know, how do I say, be the healthiest version, right? Eating whole foods, not really supplementing until I actually needed to. And I was training so much at the point after college, I was sort of like lost and I found CrossFit. You know, here's a story for everyone, though. But <laughs> you go into CrossFit, well, you need to recover as much as you train. And, yeah. and in Colorado, we definitely felt it a little bit more because of the altitude, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, every time oh. I'm in Colorado, I did a 14er a couple yeah. years ago, yeah. and I died. Because, Beautiful. I mean, I grew up in Dallas, and it's, it's really flat, and of course, the altitude just kills you. Yes. And yeah. so we literally, it took us a while, obviously to acclimate, you know, but after being there for three years, we definitely found the tricks to do so. And that's probably one of my first times I stumbled upon actual good CBD that worked and that I was hooked. Now, granted, NCAA sort of keeps you from smoking. So I never really got to smoke during college. I didn't have that normal, mm-hmm. you know, we got to party a little bit, but you were owned by the college. Okay. predominantly right your time was how much invested. how much monitoring do they do in college oh i had drug tests every because you were in softball and track right right i gave up my um softball scholarship once i tore my i had didn't have tommy john surgery but same ligament baseball players go through i tore that up okay. so then i end up picking up a track scholarship just thank god i you know had some enough experience if you would mm-hmm. um say to get picked up and earn a little money out of it but it was one of those things where yeah, you. Yeah. So they do they do they, they drug test? In, yeah, 
They do. Okay, so how often are you having the drug test at UT Tyler? So I have a theory. Um, at my D2, I was tested that semester. I only stayed there one semester. It was in okay. Arkansas. Okay. God bless Arkansas. Um, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. It was a gorgeous state, but I couldn't stay long. And then I was at a junior college before to try to move up. So every semester of my college, I was drug tested. My theory is, though, coach knew I was a good kid. I had good grades. And I think coaches could sort of, hey, let's put this girl in here. She's going to pass. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good for the team. You know, and sometimes you're older. Your seniors and juniors are like, let's be honest. You know, the coach yeah. is not going to put them on the spot, right? So I literally, every single semester, I was drug tested. And I mean to the point where they're looking at you peeing in a cup. So they know. You can't falter it. Guys had an easier experience from what I was told because okay. they could sort of, you know, sneak in, you know, some pee and whatnot. Where girls, we were like... Okay. They saw everything, you wow. know. So okay. every single semester. Now I never had um, a excuse me a the alcohol test, which some people had to do like blood test if they had already had like a probation or something like that. But very very stringent, and okay. that was something that I couldn't even mess around. Like you remember K two came out, yeah. or all those other things, and we're like, you don't even want to touch it as a student athlete because that's K two was a big deal when it came out. It was so big, yeah. and I'm so happy I never tried it because now we know what we know about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but but would, was CBD or any cannabinoid-based products available when you were in college? So that was no, not really. I didn't really. think so. Yeah, because, and I don't even know how old you are. Yeah, so. no, 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 that's okay. So I graduated 2016. Okay. So that was not something. You know what we used a lot of every trainer Ben Gay. Ben okay. Gay, or what's the stronger the stronger um, version of Ben Gay is, but it's that minty. Yeah, you just rub it on it, you'll be fine tomorrow. Well, they have Biofreeze. So, Biofreeze, that's yeah. what it is. So exactly. Before I became an attorney, I was an occupational therapist. Yes. And they had Biofreeze as early as the mid nineties. Yeah. And that stuff, they yeah. were just slapping on you. It'd be good for tomorrow. Right, right. Well, bad for the football guys now that I look at it. <laughs> I'm like, damn. But yeah, so they were super stringent, and I mean. You would get threatened with hair, hair tests occasionally and things like that, but I just knew I could never take, you know, touch it. And so it wasn't until after college where I finally got to smoke. Okay. And for me, I'm a high energy person. That was sort of. I can of, tell. Yeah. I That's <laughs> I, why I said every I can't have coffee, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, ever since I've known you, which it, it's been a while now, uh, you've always been high energy. So. <laughs> All the way from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. It's just it's go. No, it's great. You it's know. Great. Um, but it was something that definitely I experienced, um, a leveling, okay. which I think most people need to find that like, there's, you can have energy, but if you don't have the focus, right. And I always had focus because, you know, just being in college, I was, I wanted to pursue, you know, right. academic, a long academic career. So I always knew you would have to like create that motivation within you and create that, that habit, if you will. And with weed, huh. Let's just say I'm happy I found it at 22. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, now obviously, you're, now you've entered into the gates of cannabis, right, or the industry. Um, you had briefly mentioned your brother-in-law. He's obviously yeah. um, the expert in the industry. How did you two come together and say, we're going to do business together? Because I have a rule that I never do business with family. Yeah. But obviously it's worked out wonderfully for you. Right. So um, tell me about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So after our stint in Colorado, I spent three years there and I worked with CBD company and hemp. Mm -hmm. They actually only do hemp and CBD in Colorado, okay. which are now our partners, believe yep. it or not. So we had an ongoing relationship for three years. Pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. 
No gyms are open, no nothing in Colorado. And I'm talking, we're locked down. I'm a Texan. I'm seeing what's going on from all my friends on Instagram that Texas is pretty much wide open. They shut down for two weeks. So we said, hey, we got to pack up and move. And at this point, we're only doing training and nutrition meal prep company. And I've had um, a successful bout or two with small businesses at this point, creating a brand, turning into revenue, monetizing and doing a proof of concept that actually is scalable. Right. So at this point, um, me and my or me and my fiance, we moved back to Dallas. So Mitchell is my fiance. His sister is Courtney. She's married to Joey. So if that picture can go together, uh, right? So Joey's your brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, but we say brothers because okay. everyone thinks we're like yeah. the brothers and sisters. Okay. <laughs> right. Know? And then there's Courtney and Mitchell, the South Africans too. So okay. it was just funny enough where. Delta 8 just started to come on the market. So think around like late 2019, early 2020. Mm-hmm. We know about it in California, but Joey at this point being a real, you know, weed connoisseur of himself and, you know, at this point has grown in California, Colorado, Oregon, has had, you know, years of experience. He was very apprehensive to take part in the D8 part because one, we're unsure. Right. Two, it could go unlegal. And, but also we weren't sure if, going into that hemp side of it and and playing that game would allow us to enter the market for recreational when it does happen. Mm -hmm. But we also agreed it was the only way into the market besides CBD. Mm -hmm. And we could, again, get our start to grow our store stores out and our sales channel so that the minute goes rec, we can do it. So we started between CBD and Delta 8. So Joey actually tried a concept with one of our good friends as well, his partner, Junior. And they had a beautiful store. It's in West Village and City Naturals. It's great, absolutely gorgeous. It's a little ahead of its time. It's meant for your Highland Park mom, your, I would say like your 35 and up, just wanting a different experience, very um, high-end, nice finishes. And, you know, it's still open to this day. It's absolutely gorgeous but it only offers CBD and CBD beauty products, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so Joey was very apprehensive to start a store just based on the CBD, knowing the sales of that store. You know, online has some good traffic and things like that, but if we're going to do a brick and mortar, we wanted to obviously come correct to the market. So we had to decide, okay, do we put all of our eggs into one basket and just let's try the CBD store? Well, move to Dallas. We find a store in Greenville because guess what? It's pandemic. No one's really renting at this point. We locked down a month-to-month lease, which we're now still currently in that store. Two and a half years later, we are about to move. Or two years. Yeah, two and a half. We are about to move, but it was the perfect proof of concept. Low overhead, um, as you said, had a very luring appeal where we just don't have a normal storefront. Yeah, it was a, it was a very unorthodox. How I, <laughs> unorthodox for a storefront and how I knew about it was um, my, I have a cousin who moved to Portugal. Um, and, you know, about a week before she moved, um, I met up with her and her husband um, at, a, at a restaurant across the corner or, or really around the corner from your store. Yeah. As, as we were just sitting there hanging out, she said, hey, listen, I, I know you're in the industry. Let me show you the store that I know about. It's around the corner. It, it won't take more than five minutes. I said, oh, what, what are you going to show me? <laughs> and so afterwards, we walk know. around and she shows me your storefront. I'm like, wait a minute. This is the old go lounge. I thought this, this place is abandoned. She goes, "Oh no, it's not abandoned." She goes, "You need to go down that hall." So, walking down this hall, it's a long white hall, right? And then I'm like, 
where is this going? And so it's it's pretty long. So you, you get to this one place, and then you, you, it ends, and then suddenly you have like a glass case on your right, yeah, and you have t-shirts and stuff on your left. I'm like, and it almost I've, I've only been in there once, but I remember it was kind of like semi dark and had a kind of a black light feel to it. Yes, at like, night. What? I'm like, what? <laughs> where, where am I? Right? What, what am I doing here? She yeah. said, Well, they sell you know, all these different products. I said, oh, they sell Delta A stuff. I'm like, this is actually, and this is, this is during the pandemic, I think. Yeah, right yeah, when this we is during probably the pandemic. And so D8 was still kind of a newer, I wouldn't say super new, but it was still fairly new. It was still right. very controversial. It still is somewhat very. controversial. Yeah. But, you know, we're now about a year and a half, two, almost two years removed. So it's become more of a staple in the industry. Yeah. At that time, it was not as much of a staple. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, I already knew about it. I had been working with clients at, um, they knew, but I, but I had never seen it being sold. And I'm like, okay, an so actual just, storefront. I'm like, here's yeah. an actual, here's an actual storefront that's actually selling this. So I started asking. Quite frankly, I started peppering all your employees with a bunch of questions. I'm like, wow, this. This is an interesting, these are some interesting uh, products. Well, and it's funny. Everyone sees the giant green dispensary sign. Yeah. We're the first ones to do that. Everyone else put up dispensaries out. And I kid you not because we went viral in a TikTok. Or it was like right at that time where, because before we had our lawyers check it out. We were like, Mm -hmm. can we put dispensary? You know, can we like legally? And then next, you know, it's like, oh. Dang it, all the CBD store to put in dispensary now. It's like, but hey, it's good. It creates good brand awareness. Yeah. But also, that sign right there, I kid you not how many people, it lured them in, right? And with that hallway, we have a little bit of art going down the side, just sort of um, art depicting our brand message, which, you know, Moon Taxi. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we swear we did not do this, but space, obviously, with Elon Musk, the whole Mars race, and all mm-hmm. of this stuff was like, just so happened to be hot on the news. And Moon Taxi just encompassed that outer space like vibe, but we really wanted something that sort of, you know, portrayed what ride you were going to go on if you take our products. Right, and right. Joey actually had that saved. He has a whole list, guys. I wish I could. One day I will release that list because it's it's hilarious. So many good strand names for his own farms. Yeah. And when we first were talking about the business, we we're like, what name? And we were going through some names and I was like, oh, that's good. But that's like, that's a strain. And Moon Taxi stuck out because it wasn't just a strain. It was a story. Like you could easily, I, I, we felt we could build a story around this, right? And it's so funny that when you walk down that hallway, by the way, the ceiling, that's rainbow. We never did that. It was already oh, there. Really? <laughs> so like there's little things when you're starting a business and take them as signs or, or whatever, but it just all sort of came together. And then within six months, we were averaging about 75K a month. And at that point, we knew this was something. Yeah. But you're exactly right to your point. Delta 8 was still almost taboo at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was talks of it keep going legal, um, people taking it off their shelves, this, this, and that. So we... You know, being a little bit of, I guess what you could say, I, the rule breakers that we are. Not rule breakers, but we You're like, a trailblazer. Trailblazer. Thank you. Way to put it delicately. I like that. But we, we were like, you know what? We're going to keep on with business, keep doing it until someone tells us to stop. And yeah. one major factor that we did was hand out tons of gummies. Our first year, I think we did 25,000 gummies of samples. Oh, wow. Okay. So- that was one way that Moon Taxi, how could we explain what Moon Taxi was? Well, here. 
here's a sample. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Right. And the retention rate was obviously proven through through the concept, right? People would come back. But that store, I think, though, feeding back to the our startup, people could connect with us. We didn't feel like a big corp. We weren't. We're not a corporate. Right. Um, we're not like a shaman or this. And there's rules and there's cluttered glass cases. Ours is just a clean gallery experience where you feel comfortable. All of our space cadets, all of our girls are absolutely gorgeous, <laughs> but also disarming and and they they make you feel welcome where you can ask those silly questions that maybe you know you wouldn't feel so comfortable asking someone like an older man no offense but like if you're an older man and you're like hey is this gonna get me high and don't be a pussy just take it you know excuse me (laughs) (laughs) but it's one of those things where we definitely had to how do I say make all the working conditions that we were served at that time just work and and we did I think the first six months was the challenge, but after we pulled our heads out, I mean, that first six months and looked back, we said, wait, we have a concept here and there's a market for this. Yeah. And I think that was the most shocking to my brother. For me, I, I, I honestly loved the product at first. I preferred the okay. high because I could wake up at 6.30 ready to go. Where if I take a hit from a normal bong, guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still a little bit fuzzy in the morning. I'm not as sharp as if I just have my gummy at right. night. So I knew that I, I liked the product, but we weren't sure if there was a space in the market. And, and by doing so, we definitely have created one. Delta 8's created their own market, I definitely think. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, that's actually a good segue. So, um, you know, you, you have briefly mentioned a few challenges with the store, but overall it was a good experience. Let's shift over to, discuss, to the, our discussion on the industry itself. Right. I mean, we, we've seen, I got into the industry in late 2013. I've seen it evolve. Uh, and there are guys that got into it in the, you know, mid to late nineties in California. They've really seen it. Evolve. Oh yeah. But getting into it, getting into this industry in late 2013 in Texas, um, you know, th- there wasn't much of a market for, for very much at all. And right. then, you know, then came the Texas compassionate use program, then CBD, and then there's different CBD lines, everything from, you know, CBD tinctures to cosmetics to toners, dog treats, dog treats, <laughs> right? Uh, horse feed now, and but this 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 other s- vertical, if you will, of psychoactive uh, or cannabinoid-based products derived yeah. from hemp that creates a psychoactive reaction. That's uh, that, that's that's a different vertical, obviously, than industrial hemp or, or any any other sector because. Quite frankly, it's a it's a product that creates a similar effect as marijuana, but I don't think anybody anticipated that when 2018 when the 2018 farm bill was passed. Right. Because quite frankly, that was never the legislative intent of the 2018. It's just that people got really smart. The industry got really smart, and it continues to evolve and be smart. Tell me, in your opinion, how you how you view the Delta 8 products. And it's not just Delta 8, obviously, as you know. All your you, derivatives. You, yeah, all your, I mean. Yeah. HHC, That's THC, right. I mean, I mean Moon Taxi is not just making Delta 8 products, is it? No. Yeah, so we have the whole line. Okay, so you're yeah. making Delta 9. You're yeah. making Delta 10. HHC, THCV, THCO, THCP maybe? We haven't gone to the P. Okay. Um, we, what we have found in the market, we have a little bit of everything. We start with our gummies, okay. right? And, Based on those gummies, we typically know what people are feeling. So Delta 8, we almost have it color-coded, if you will. The highest right now, or what people say is the strongest, is uh, HHP. Or, I'm sorry, THCP. Yep. 
right? THCP. Yeah, Sorry, uh, they always give, I hear different names all the time. Yeah, THCP apparently has about 30 times the potency as your nat, your average Delta 9 THC product. Right, um, there you go. Do, do you, so, I mean, I guess in your opinion, how, how do you see the industry evolving? So, and this was what was fascinating. So we have our Delta 8, we start there as our lowest, and besides CBD, obviously, yeah. but psychoactive yeah, speaking. Yeah. So you have Delta 8, you have your Delta 9, which as you know, we can only do gummies, right? We can't have our smokables. We can't have our vapes. And then THC or Delta 10, I'm sorry. And then THCO. And then just so you know, I'm going from least strong to most potent. I noticed that. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. So after THCO, HHC, and then THCP, to my knowledge, I've not tried THCP yet just because I have, I like to go through our product line, make sure everything's good myself. Um, It's one of those things, but I will say it's been interesting because people that started on Delta 8 are now starting to gear up to either a stronger dose. So we have our 30 milligram gummies. Yeah. We have our 40s and our 50s. 30s used to be the strong, um, best selling for the first year. Now our 50s are our best seller. So what I find that people are just searching and, you know, it's just like with weed. We become acclimated. We get used to it. You know, your tolerance is shrunk. So you need something a little bit more, say a little stronger. So I do notice people... They're scaling up on their milligrams first within that strain that they already are comfortable with or that can avoid, so Delta 8, and then they're jumping up, right? But I definitely will find that we have our demographic that likes our HHC. Our HHC is now our best seller. But I have, this is where I've been talking to people, and I think it's because they smoke normal weed, but they want to travel. They want to have that on the go. We ran out uh, of their stash. Okay, yeah. So they come and get HHC. Where I've just noticed my, our Delta 8 sort of stay within their Delta 8. They just get stronger. Or if they are looking for something more, they'll jump up. But they'll jump gradually up. It's just like not a so, next day purchase. Okay, so is it a fair statement to say that Delta 8 is kind of a um, like an entry point? I, I honestly, I think so. I think it's okay. more digestible for one people to understand. Okay, I'm getting it from a brick and mortar. I know I can trust it. But also, too, I hate calling it Diet Coke to the Coke, but in a sense, you are getting, I just feel like it's a lesser strand or a lesser feeling, so it's more digestible for people. You know, the number one thing is like paranoia, schizophrenia, you just like start to freak out, panic attacks, where I really have not ran into that as much with Delta 8. And I think it's just because people that are trying it are maybe just more receptible. Okay, I'll try a quarter at first, and then I'll try a half. Then again, I know people that just have a whole gummy and, right. you know, their very first time. And I'm like, oh, okay, you smoke regularly. Yeah. And it, it turns out to be true most of the time. So, we, you know, you mentioned there was a gradual, you were introducing these products in, in I guess, from least to, to strongest. Tell us, yeah. because there's, there are going to be people who's listening to this who yeah. may have very little knowledge of the industry. So, you know, tell us about HHC. What I mean, most people don't know what that is. People don't know what Delta nine, uh, the difference between Delta nine and Delta ten. Can right. you just give us a general idea of what that yeah, is? Yeah. So pretty much, and this is, you know, how do I say it? You know, you have your marijuana plant, you have your hemp plant, right? Yeah. And the government, I, you know, they were banking on that. We didn't know as much as we did, or the industry, right? So whenever they got Delta 8 and they noticed, okay, we can pull derivatives out of hemp and still THC. So I sort of explain it to, like, say my new hires, if I'm explaining it to someone, especially if they're not in the cannabinoid. And there's probably someone listening saying, like, okay, that's not exactly right, so I do apologize. But 
my understanding and sort of, or how I explain it to people so they have a, a simple base understanding of it is that whenever we pull, just like as if we pull CBD from the hemp plant, right? We pull CBD or CBG. It's another cannabinoid on the hemp plant. So whenever we, gosh, I forget the breakdown process, the chemistry process. Isn't that they don't, don't, don't they, don't um, people who make it, they, they use heat, they use a solvent, they use an acid. So some people, yes. And, and I've even heard like you can make Delta 8 THC from amber now. They're, they're coming up with all kinds oh, of wow. crazy. Yeah. And so my understanding is that you take CBD, you heat it up, you add solvent, certain types of acids. And obviously I'm not a chemist. No, no, no. Um, and then that's obviously how you create Delta 8 THC at larger quantities because it, right. there, there is some Delta 8 THC in, in trace amounts in, the, in any cannabis else that exactly. even plant, right? But um, really, it's just a fascinating process. And, you know, right. I was hoping that, you know, I guess really from, from your consumers, have they told you, like, I love HHC because it yields this type of effect? So, yes, obviously it's more bang for their buck, right? So if they're looking yeah. to get high, it's like, okay, the HHC affects me more, it affects me better. But I'll, also, I, I've heard from several people in the industry as well, it's just like with CBD and CBG. Some people don't feel CBD because their bioreceptors are not, whether or not be open for that or does yeah. not affect, where CBG does. Mm -hmm. And CBG has a lower population that binds or connects with that, per se. So the same thing with Delta-8, HHC, I feel different people get different effects, and that's 100%. But going back into the process of it, why we're a little bit different at Moon Taxi, we don't use any alcohol or butane, our process, where mm. a lot of people, you have to. There's right. no other way to do it. Now, we do use probably double the hemp on ours. Like compared to your average, you go to a Delta 8 shop, you pick up that, the distillate they use to make that gummy, you know, they only used a pound to or get this amount. Or the stuff that you get at the gas station. Exactly. Where I, I literally, our, our processing takes double the amount of hemp usually okay. on yields. So everyone has their different mother's recipe. I am bounded by law, cannot say. But it is one of those things where I can tell you that a lot of people, especially if you use alcohol and butane, obviously you're yielding more is what I've been told. I've yeah. never actually been like in the lab trying to work this out, the R&D. You know, these people have been after it. I think... Guys, was 2016 they were working on I mean, if you're the using, extraction process. If you're using double the amount of hemp cannabinoids, I mean, arguably your, your cost of production is substantially higher then. It is, yes. But right. we don't have a middleman per se, right? Okay. So we do all of our own processing and everything. So at that point, you're sort of like, you know, you're so you washing really, out in I mean, a way. You, you, know? you really are you really are banking on the quality of your products at that point because you're saying yes our products may cost more or i don't i don't I actually don't know if your products cost more or we're not. actually pretty low on the market okay so <laughs> yeah. you're low on the market but you're, what you're what you're banking on is that you're cutting out the cost of the middleman you're creating your own products you're selling your own products um and you can still maintain costs but you are using the double the amount of hemp cannabinoids Pretty much. And okay. and we're doing that purely based on now, obviously, you know, people use the word synthetic, right? We're in yeah. synthetic industry right now, but me and Joseph's long game is not the synthetic game. It, it's going to be saltless, organic, great weed. And I think that, yes, it sort of sucks that we sort of have to, you know, we're, we're playing and we're dabbling into this market that doesn't necessarily, you know, 
God, I wish we could do everything very clean and synthetic, but we are supplying the market and someone's going to buy, you know, and, and we tried the CBD game, but Delta eight, we just really want to bring, you know, our, our point is to make you high, like at the end of the day. And now we are just doing it to the best, the best quality we can in the current market standings, right. With a bang by the laws, but also making it, how do I say it? fun for the consumer at the same time, right? Because if I just gave you a CBD with a little bit of Delta A, you're going to go somewhere else and get a stronger That's Delta right. A. Or just take more of it, right? Exactly. So, Which, and then you're wasting money. So people will just inevitably, you'll go to a different brand. That's right. And so that was part of our, I guess, our mental, our moral, you know, like disagreement at first because we were like, you're right. People, you know, it has that synthetic name to it. Yes, we are driving off from the organic hemp plant, but... There is a lot of talk in the industry about that point of view, right? Mm -hmm. And we just knew, hey, we tried the CBD game. It just didn't produce as much money. So if we really want to get a hold on the market, so that way when it does go recreational, you're going to get the best weed from us and the cleanest weed. And that's the best. I I think what our trade-off, we were just thinking more long game. Sure. You know? Um, Have you heard of THCB? So how funny, my guy just texted me or emailed me Friday with a whole new list. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up. So isn't it supposed to be right under P or is it stronger? It's not stronger. It has a different effect. Oh, no. I've, I just, so, on my list of flavors. Again, I, this is, I mean, keep in mind, I'm just a, I'm just a dumb lawyer, right? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm not a chemist. I am not, uh, you know, a, a scientist by any means. But THCV apparently creates... Um, oh, the mushroom effect. Well, I think it's supposed to be like a, a, more of a stimulant and like it's supposed to give you more energy. Oh. So I just went to uh, the Southern Hemp Expo and there were these chocolates that had THCV. And the person said, hey, you got to take one of these before you go out because it's it'll it, it'll create. Um, like a sativa effect, would you say? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that's what she said. Um, but I had never heard of THCV and I don't know how it's made. And. My understanding is that um, is that either THCV or HHC is actually made out, made from terpenes. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, and okay. you can infuse terpenes to anything, but okay. I look at it as each of them are almost their own terpene, if you will, you know, yeah. own cannabinoid, if you will. So, yeah, but that's I get into the weeds with it. So HHC or HHV comes from you said sorry I'm, well, no, it's I thcv thcv comes yeah. from the binding of well i don't know how it's made but i just know the effects that's okay. what i was told that's interesting no i've never uh, heard of the, i haven't heard of the similar yeah i was just wondering this on my list of yeah. like hey listen i mean yeah my my view on uh, on the industry is that it's constantly evolving right it's right. evolving so fast that um Sometimes people have a hard time keeping up. Even if you're on the forefront and you are an expert, you're constantly learning. It's just, it's a constantly evolving industry. It really is. Well, and it's almost for survival as well. So here in Texas, mm-hmm. as you know, they were going to ban um, THCs derived from hemp. Yeah. Well, then well, HHC the, popped up. Yeah. Guess what? You you can take a drug test and it does not show up. And it's technically not an HH or it's not a THC. So That's therefore, right. we would pivot our whole market you know, in our store products to HHC at that point, if, if they were to outlaw. So there's always going to be the next extract, I think, from the hemp plant. It's, it's the way the market's going right now until we go recreational. And yeah. I think this is where that, that push and pull between, you know, the Delta 8 market. I'm enjoying the tax-free right now. I'm enjoying it. It's, 
it's good turnover, it's good traffic, and, you know, thank God we're not so much, you know, like a full vertical integration is going to be expensive in Florida or Texas, and I think they're going to go that way once they deliver a license. I hopefully not, because it does make it better, but we're going to be fully integrated anyway, but I, I am, I'm going to find it curious to sort of see how we're going to have to keep evolving mm -hmm. if the state keeps on shutting us down, you know. Yeah, I am curious to see how uh, this industry evolves, um, particularly if they make any amendments to 2018 Farm Bill, which will be right. arguably 2023 Farm Bill and its amendments. Um, you know, I have my theories on how that how that may evolve, but that's for a different discussion. But let's let's pivot over to Moon Taxi. I really want to learn a little bit more about Moon Taxi. Hmm. Um, so you're you've told me about some of the products you sell. You also have a very interesting concept at Moon Taxi that's a little bit different than other people. Um, I, we, when you and I were speaking <laughs> on that panel, you said the term sex sells. 100%. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you don't. And so, as I told you, I was, you know, I, I, my, my cousin introduced me to your store. I walked down there, and sure enough, there were attractive young ladies working yeah. in your store. And to your point, I felt, you know, they probably, I felt very comfortable asking them questions. They were very knowledgeable. They yeah. Were, they absolutely were. But tell, tell me how you came up with that or why, why you're using that sex sales approach. Of course. So Joey, great with ideas. I mean, he's had several very good successful businesses and concepts like brought to life. And it was as simple as us walking to every CBD store and it was just like nature-y and like, you know earthy. And I just moved from Colorado and Denver, right? So you're in the, what, three universities within like 20 miles or whatnot. And every smoke shop was super cool, you know? And I'm like, that just made sense. But then when Joey presented it, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I mean, we know it, how well it works in other business concepts. So mm -hmm. why would it fail here? Especially when there's a market out there that either loves the nostalgia of it, whether they're older, or the new millennials that are like, yeah, all the other brands are boring. And, and no offense to other brands, but we did want to come into the market with quite a, I guess, uh, hey, we're here, shock effect. But also, we wanted to play into the marijuana culture because ultimately, that's where we're going to be at. We're not in here just to do hemp you know, and CBD and stuff. We Our long game was we want to sell the best weed whenever sure. it's legal. And with that, we hired one of the best artists out of California that does all your big guys, you know. We said, hey, here's our concept, space, weed, like pretty much intergalactic weed dealers and beautiful <laughs> women. And Joey made a very How good... can you go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, it, it, and back in the day, sitting around the table, like passing a joint, you're like, yeah, this is genius. And then you get to the concept and you're like, hopefully this works. And yeah. it truly did, but mostly what we knew in Texas was our two battles, I think, were going to be, one, changing the stigma of marijuana, and then two, how do we not change the stigma around CBD almost in a way, but how do we educate the market on there's different product offerings, but also different benefits, right? And the number one thing I was approached with D8 was about anti-anxiety type stuff, how like people have had mm -hmm. effects on it. And then once we tried it, we got a five milligram, 10 milligram. It took us about three months to get our gummies correct. 
Um, we tried fives and tens, and we we're just both like, this, okay, this is great. Yeah. Joey's like, make me a 30. And the guy's like, what? He's like, make me a 30 milligram. We tried those. We were like, this is it. So okay. we went through that process a little bit. But with that being so strong, we were like, how are we going to get people to trust us to buy our product? And he goes, the girl's handing out samples. We're just going to give out samples. Anyone we can. Free samples to anyone of age, of course, right? And with that being said, conversation ensued, right? It was easier for a girl, gorgeous girl, to go up to a stranger and say, hey, do you want to try this? Where if, no offense, you know, hey, we're good friends, Richard, but if a, just a man came up to me right. and was like, hey, try this gummy, I would probably be like, get the hell away from me. No, thank you. Where a girl comes up, I, I kid you not, I was in Miami sitting in a bar the other day. I was taking pictures to send to the girls. This guy goes, can I try one? It's literally that much easier for, you know, us to go oh, out and market. Sure. But also, like you said, we have to have our girls knowledgeable. Yeah. Everyone sort of knows their what they're comfortable with. Now, granted, if you work for our company, you probably are, you know, a stoner in some type of way, whether you like You're, your edibles, you like to grow it or whatever. You've already gained in, uh, industry knowledge through other means. Right. You're, you're <laughs> somewhat experienced at this part, you know, especially if you're, you're wanting to really start with us as a startup. Because yeah. as you know, most startups, it's, it's this. It's yeah. absolutely all year round. It's your highs, your lows. And we just knew one, you know, the girls would make that experience. And each store, we wanted you to go in where you're like, yes, I can't wait to what they have next week. Even for merch, right? New products. We just wanted to make that experience where I just even want to stop in, say hi to the girls, Alex, Charlene. Like we have our regulars, don't get me wrong, but you know, our everyone around the neighborhood starts to support you because one, we are trying to do something for the movement as well. And you rather have us in your neighborhood than, you know, someone else that may just give the industry a bad name. And I think that's been one of the challenges for our stores is finding landlords because they have been burnt by CBD. I get that so much. Is that like, no, I won't do CBD. I had a person that dropped out of their lease in six months and this, this, and that. And I am looking at similar locations. Those CBD shops were right on the track as far as locations. But every time I've gotten that maybe about seven locations where a guy, landlord has just said, I would need to see heavy financials. Um, I would need a personal guarantee. I would need this, this, and this because, again, I've had someone here that had a failing. And it could have been a smoke shop. could have been something else, but they just used the name CBD. So right. it does make me think if, you know, that CBD shop couldn't afford to be in that that location, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's interesting because you do see – we do see a lot of CBD shops, right? They're, oh, yeah. They're everywhere. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, granted, they're not subject to, to, to the IRS 280E uh, tax burdens, but – Right. Um, there are so many of them. And so the profitability of the CBD shops, unless you have a carved out niche or if you're supported by um, a shaman or someone else, you may not have the cash flow. So right. there, there, there could, I can say, I can, I mean, of course, I have clients in that industry. And so yeah. um, I've heard it. And of course, so with your company, you mentioned that obviously you, you take on this particular approach. Have there been any pushback or any challenges um, oh. with, using this approach? Yes. So the challenges in which we get, and actually the girls really add to it. So with each, you know, spot we're, we're sort of vetting and looking at and going through negotiations with, for example, our Wynwood location took a year of negotiations. One, 
went from a 10 year to a three year because I know Florida is going to go wreck in 10 or three years, hopefully by, but also in Miami County, you can't have a dispensary. The governor currently, or not the mayor, governor, no, the mayor does not allow any dispensaries within, not even medical right now within Miami mm-hmm. actual County. So when we got our location in Wynwood, it was one of those things where uh, time, of course, but being a CBD Delta eight company, Oh, companies are, you know, especially if that, that land is owned by the bank, the bank, the lenders want to make sure that you're obviously getting in a tenant that can up withhold the rent. Right. right. And that's been everywhere from Texas to Florida. And obviously we are a little bit in the Bible belt and being in the Bible belt, you have to break that stigma. So every place we look at, it's, it's been very hard to, how do I say, convince them that we are going to be good tenants. And every place we've moved forward with though, you know, financials have been shown, you know, we signed somewhat type of a guarantee and this is just like sort of going into the process. But the, the hardest thing is yes, has been finding good location spots that are high traffic that we want cool spots, but allowing the landlord, allowing us to have, you know, a three to five year lease. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I see multiple forces working uh, yeah. in, in selecting a location. It's allowability by the landlord, right? Because of the financials and, um, but also municipal restrictions of what needs to happen, what maybe what can't happen in that area. Right. Because uh, co- if we go illegal, so that was the number one concern. Right. So I, I have written into some of our leases. We do some really good, you know, we have a good team of lawyers that allow us to, you know, sort of put in there, hey, if this becomes illegal by state, we have this sort of option to out, if that makes sense. Now that has been very hard to get people to agree to, right? Because with that, you're taking, they're taking on the risk too. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the number one challenge, but also, you know, second is just, it's been interesting competitors, you know, competitors, like all those CBD shops now have Delta eight. I mean, all of them have you know, like okay. now we have more competitors than we started with a year and a half or two years ago, 100%. Almost like I think we did market research and it was like 40% increase of wow. stores. But wouldn't they be potential clients for you? You could sell them your, uh, your you, you could wholesale them your, your products. So we're about to start it, finally. Uh, okay. Um, that, that was something we sort of, how do I say? We had a hard time if we wanted to put it in other stores because – one, we wanted our stores, especially in Dallas, to be like a, a thing you go to, like Instagram, right? I want to go take pictures on the wall. I want to meet the girls. Um, I saw them out the other night at Citizen, and they were just throwing out samples. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain, like, calls that – or not calls, but certain ways we wanted to interact with the community so that it was more like an in-store presence. But now that we've sort of gotten demand and, you know, we won Best Gummy in Texas at the Cannabis Cup, and people are now starting to figure out, like, okay, this is – this is a brand I want in my store. So the right. minute we started started having asking people asking us, we knew then that was time. Because really before, we were really putting our money and our time and effort into just expanding as many stores as we could. But now you're exactly right. I think it was time to make the next step and start wholesaling to other stores and just make sure, how do I say, we, we fit into that store well. You know, we work together. We have a common goal that, you know, we want you to be making money. We also want to make money. And we don't want to deter from our own store sales. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, your your operations is a little bit different. Most of my clients in in, in your industry, they're getting their sources in other places, so it's it's very fragmented from the from a uh, a supply chain perspective. But you're right. you keep a lot of stuff in house, 
Oh yeah, right? I mean we pack. Yeah, we our Greenville locations are pack house. Yeah. And <laughs> so you also briefly mentioned to me before the show about your about Joey going off to cultivate. So you, are you guys looking to yeah so to, we to actually, cultivate as well now? Yeah, so we have farms. So Joey and his partner, awesome. Um, they have projects from Colombia. We used to do California, got the heck out of there. They did at least. This was before I was in the picture. But then between him and his partner, they have farms in Oklahoma or Oklahoma, Colorado, and Oregon. So Oregon's the only one with hemp, though, to be clear. The other two are just marijuana. You know, they're looking at New York right now as we speak, and we're looking at New New Mexico as the markets start to grow. Florida's way too expensive. You're talking, you know, $22 million for a license right now, and there's only 22 medicals, so you're like, and you have to be totally vertical. Well, we saw Oklahoma, or at least Joseph was like, okay, this is going to be a great opportunity to essentially, all right, Try as close as we can to Texas. We're literally five minutes across the border. We're right yeah. across from Windstar. Like, if that gives you any, like, you know, what our plan is, right? But Oklahoma not only was, it's closer. We can drive. He drives there. Hour and 20 minutes, one way, every day. And, but one, it mimics conditions in Texas. Two, super cheap and low barrier to entry, right? You could yeah. just have your farm. You don't have to be vertically integrated, So it was sort of like a perfect storm of, all right, let's try it here. And we have 1,600 feet indoor and then five acres outdoor of greenhouses. Granted, I think they instituted uh, a moratorium effective, I think, last Thursday or something like that. Oh, what was it for? For the grow farms, I believe. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you don't already have a license, I think that moratorium is effective as of last Thursday. Okay, I see. So, in, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. This is not a legal no, advice no, no, podcast, no. but I do because I do quite a bit of work in Oklahoma, and I do remember the. It was either the moratorium was either supposed to be instituted earlier in August, or it's been pushed back by thirty days, but um, oh. or more. So, you know, it's fascinating though. I think Oklahoma taught us a lot though, because you know he was there when I think you know things went legal, obviously in California to Colorado and Oregon. Well. You know, Oklahoma's the freest to grow weed. I mean, oh, I think yeah. there's, there's 7,500 grow license. Yeah, I may be wrong. There are more licensees in the state of Oklahoma than any other state in the country. They're California. Or combined, yeah, I think. Right. <laughs> Californians are going into uh, Oklahoma because of the free-for-all market. Yeah. That's right. Oh, it's 7,500 retails, and then I think like 1,800 grow license. I think you may be right. Yeah, I think that's the change. Yeah. But I... Now learning, okay, so what they did in Oklahoma, I think, was an example for the rest of the states. And this is why I think Texas and Florida are going to stay, well, Florida is going to stay vertically integrated so they can control the market. Because in Oklahoma, what what you have right now is a huge surplus on the market. What we were selling pounds for, you know, for $2,000 are now between five and $900. Yeah. I'm paying that for CBD. <laughs> like, and they, it's great weed up there, but also, well, not great weed, I say that. People are learning how to grow there. And that's where, you know, Joey and them went in and it was like a gorgeous organic weed. And it's yeah. like a no-brainer. But the market doesn't really, there's not a demand for organic versus this. It's more or less, okay, what's cheap and highest, you know? But every every state that goes legal goes through that, like, three-year bubble, right? And then you only have a certain amount of companies left standing after that three years due to whether it was bad business practices, bad growing practices. But the wash comes, the wash comes out at three years and... I think what we're about to, we're sort of hitting that in Oklahoma right now, where I think farms are, certain farms are going to close down. 
Oh, a ton of farms have closed down. Yeah, I it's mean, it's happening. Um, yeah. It, okay, uh, there you go. Yeah, a ton of farms. I mean, there's there's usually always a consol- a lot of consolidation, like you said, Bria yeah. bubble, but especially in Oklahoma because. I mean, really, there was very low barrier of entry. Everyone just was growing. Yeah, well, and plus, not not just on the growth side, right? You have four different types of licenses. You have a license to cultivate, to process, to retail, and to transport. So you don't have, you don't, you're not compelled to go vertically integrated. You can say, oh, I'm just going to retail. So I'm just going to go retail. Yeah. Think about how many retail stores are that there are in the state of Oklahoma. And that's why we toy around with Joey's like, damn, we'd make a lot more money if we, you know, because we just wholesale it, distribute. And we had this toss up, but there's so many around where it's just, it's just not worth it. So then our eyes were sort of set on New Mexico, but first we wanted to see if it was actually going to pop off. And now seeing that they're doing multiple repeat months of 40 million a month, we're like, okay. Have you heard about the New Mexico, um, smoke resorts or whatever, like right along the border. If you go to the border, you can actually go into these, like, um, it's set up almost like a patio in a in a in a restaurant. You can okay. just go there. You can pay money, and smoke. you can just sit there and smoke because you're technically across the border. Right. And then once you're done, you go back across the. So country. that because- city, that's exactly. I forget what it's called. Santa. It's right across from El Paso. So pretty much El Paso sort of almost goes into New Mexico, if yeah. you will. I yeah, think yeah. it's the exact city you're talking about. That's exactly where we're thinking because, well, or Santa Fe. That would just be fun. Santa Fe is a great town. Though. People go skiing. Yeah. You have a lot of cross yeah. traffic. You have this university there. But also there, um, I'm actually not sure. I don't think you have to be fully uh, – I don't think you have to be vertically integrated there. I'm not sure. I need to – I don't started believe researching. you do either. I've looked into it. Um, and yeah. it's a very new market. They just went uh, adult use not too long ago, probably less than six, six no, or eight months ago, right? I think for sale, like that's when the – they've only – August or no, no, oh, May, May okay. was the first month. Cause I remember yeah. it was like, it was like 40 million. And there was a joke going around. Like a meme was like 20 million is from Texas. <laughs> like, no, they, you know they, what they, I mean? They, they attract a ton of people from Texas. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, get, we're, we're, we're transitioning to the last part of this podcast. So, you know, you've taught, you told me a lot about yourself, which, um, you know, it was a pleasure getting to know you better. Um, we've talked about the industry and all its products how it's evolved. We've talked about Moon Taxi as a company and your very specialized approach. <laughs> um, but tell me about what's next for Moon Taxi. I mean, how, because we do, I mean, one thing that's for certain, the only, the only constant is, is change, right? Oh, yes. So change within um, how society sees this industry, how this industry evolves, it's always changing. So how is Moon Taxi going to change with it? Do you have new products coming out? Are you going to spin off and do other things within Moon Taxi? Tell yeah. me a little bit, a bit about what's anticipated in the next maybe three to five years. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh, it's going to be a long trek. I'm excited for it. Um, but obviously, we have two locations here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, we're moving our Greenville location and currently, as we speak, just four doors down to a more permanent location pretty much. Just signed a beautiful three-year lease. And then right now, Wynwood is opening. So we definitely have our eyes set on Florida market. Now, the recreational timeline is anywhere between two to four years is what we're thinking. They took a little bit extra time with their medical is what we saw in the pattern. So I think it took like they passed their medical and it still took about 18 months to get the registration and everything tied up where people could even just apply for a license and then start the outfit, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So we definitely, eyes on Florida, we think that's just going to be a huge market um, for potential of 
international because hemp right now you can still like ship international, mm-hmm. but we do, we're curious about weed, you know, I think it's going to eventually happen, but it's going to be interesting. So definitely Florida's on our sites, Austin, two stores there necessary. Like I just oh, know is that's going to be already open. No, we're actually vetting right now. So okay. I have a Dalton hooked me up with a great broker down there. Okay. And shout right out now, to Dalton O'Neill, right? Yes. Yeah. Dalton O'Neill. He's the man. Um, he's, he set me up with a broker down there. So we're actually just sort of seeing what's happening with Rainy Street. They're getting a lot of apartments, things like that. So we're trying to lock down two locations in um, Austin, potentially one or two Houston, because those are just all meccas. You know, if anything we've learned, Texas people smoke weed. (laughs) So it's one of those things that we, it's just a matter of time and getting into those markets. But for the first time ever, we are sort of thinking about bringing in investors where before it was just all self-fund, but with these bigger outfits, so essentially we're going to have to, you know, do grow houses, we're potentially thinking about partnering up with some guys already in the, in the industry, but you know, it's a little early to say too soon, but we definitely think so. But we were looking at Oklahoma. I just retail wise, there just doesn't make too much sense for us right now. Just the points we're speaking to, but yeah, so 100% once things go recreational in Texas and Florida, we will immediately set up our grows. I don't know if we'll necessarily uh, process or just use our Colorado facility for that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like sort of, we'll come to that when we need to, as far as like, if we're allowed to transport across borders at that point, you know, because I think Texas will probably be one of the last, um, if not never, no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully not knock on wood. Um, But it's just going to, it's going to take a while. Um, we would love to get into New York as well, which I think um, our partner partners, they just secured something there. But if anything, we sort of learn, see how the states are. This is a great time to just watch and sit back to see what other states are mm-hmm. doing and and look at mistakes done by certain companies, whether it was, you know, trying to go for integration when you didn't have the full budget and just bite off what you can chew, you know, at first. But yeah, so Moon Taxi. We're just going to keep expanding the merch line. Hopefully, we'll actually get a real merch line together in a, about a year's time. That was something, a whole nother beast besides okay. c- cultivating and, you know, creating our products and everything, our merch line. People love it, but we just don't have – right now, it's like the time and energy and the supply channels are just – it's it's taking forever. Yeah. Um, but as far as new products, we're gonna just going to try to do our best to come up, stay current in the market, but – if there's a way to improve the process in which we're, you know, uh, pulling from the plant, we want to make it as clean as possible. So some of our products do take longer to get to the market because we're like, hey, is there a better way to do this? Um, what if we t- try not to use that chemical? You know, like we said, no alcohol, no butane. Mm-hmm. We bake and fuse our flour. It's a slow, long process, but it's so much healthier. Um, just little things like that. We're just going to continually trying to, you know, improve, but be fun, hit the market as we like to, strong right. and bold. <laughs> got that fire smell. If you walk into our store, like we just got all of our new flour in and it's beautiful. Actually, that was from our, our buddy here in Texas. Um, we did want to put some Texas hemp. So we did not grow that, but he definitely is someone we could actually trust because I wanted to get some Texas hemp in there and actually start to test out the market and see how people approach to it. But in game, 100% is the supply, the best organic weed on the market. And we would like to bring it down like the cost of lettuce. We want it cheap. We want it accessible to all di- types of people. But we also want clean weed. 
you know, and I think that's our long-term mission is just to give the best, give the best product for the best price while having a fun atmosphere, you know, a fun community while we're building and, and you don't have to be ashamed or, you know, feel because you smoke weed. Other people are going to judge you, but Moon Taxi, we're all about just, we have a ride ahead of us, so you might as well enjoy it. So the, 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 your mantra is uh, sexy, clean, potent, products i mean that's yes. what that, that's what i gained Simple out of it that, yeah you know? it's, it's supposed to be sexy clean and potent got it um we're getting we're pretty much out of time shall we but nice. um tell, fast. yeah I'm, i've had a great time talking to you but <laughs> is, is there is there one last message you want to tell uh the listeners just anything else you want to let the, the yeah. listeners know you know if you're ever scared or if you want to try, not even scared, but you're hesitant, you know, we just talked about, you know, gas station, that type of quality. I encourage you to start out with some, uh, start out with a product that, you know, even if you don't do a little research, but you've noticed, you know, oh, that store's been there for a while. It's trusty. Go in and talk to the people if you have questions. Don't be scared. Wonder in there. And I obviously I'm going to, you know, plug Moon Taxi. Come to Moon Taxi. We'd love to treat you. But I say that for all brands. At the end of the day, we are trying to move. We have a common enemy. And I say this, all the industry, the hemp people. So we're all on the team together. And I say, let's move, you know, let's move forward with the the stigma or rechanging the stigma on hemp and marijuana. And I think that's just by, you know, getting one person over to the team, you know, trying it out, whether it's for pain management or just to have fun. I definitely think cannabis is a great I guess a great start to, or CBD and hemp is a great start to your cannabis journey. And also, Moon Taxi has some really good stuff. (laughs) So you should definitely check that out. And honestly, you know, I I just appreciate you having me on here and, you know, keeping this going, man. I think this is so important that we just have dialogue and we just, you know, make this more normal. And I think, I think it already is, but we're sort of in the industry, if you will. So I think it's just a matter of time before uh, we see you know, people really start to use it at, for its benefits, truly, sure. you know? Good message, Shelby. Thank you yeah. so much. And um, thank you for making the time to come on the show and uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. And then catch us at um, moontaxi.express on Instagram and Facebook and then moontaxi.com for online. We are about to launch our taxi service only around Dallas. I know we're not as, <laughs> as so far up here, but we will be the first, you know, deliverable to our delivery in the Dallas area and Miami. So we're super That's excited right. for that. Sounds yeah. good. It wouldn't yeah. be Moon Taxi if we did it, right? That's right. <laughs> All right, Shelby. Well, thank you for coming on and um, we will we'll c- c- connect it in soon. Yeah. All right. That's perfect, man. Yay. Yay.